Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They might talk about humor, music, film, books, football, and box sets, exercise, and maybe even food, trivia and sport, politics and health, sometimes well-being too, on the life with Brian, on the life with Brian. Hello, hello. A warm welcome to Life with Brian, episode 13. I'm Mark Godfrey. Thanks for coming along. Uh, Matthew's with me, as ever. How are you doing, Matthew? Hi, Mark. Good to see you. Yeah, very well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, and we've got two McClairs for the price of one today. Not only is Dad Chucky here. You all right, Brian? I'm in the finest of fine fettles, thank you very much. Nice to Lovely. see you all. Um, and we have as our guest today for a bit of a chat uh, and some live music too, you lucky people, Chucky's son, Liam McClare, who, of course, uh, to borrow a, uh, a phrase from Little Britain, wrote the theme tune, sung the theme tune to this podcast and so on. Uh, Liam, it's great to finally meet you in person and get you on. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Nice Fantastic. Um, and do you know what? We're going to drop you straight in at the deep end and get you to kick us off. Um, because as I said, we're going to play some live music. Um, what's this first song you're going to do for us? Uh, tell us a bit about it and what it's called. Yeah, no worries. Um, this is called Sweet Pineapple. And um, it's about my girlfriend's tattoos. Sweet pineapple dripping down your leg There's no one else I'd rather spend my time with instead of you Found my truth, I've fallen in love A single black flower blossom on your car You gently came with both your hands and stole my heart Oh, you found my truth I've fallen in love 
buzzing on your hip is a single little bitty taste on my lips is sweet honey it's true found my truth i've fallen in love and roses poppies and baby's breath nestled there with my hand on your chest oh found my truth I've fallen in love I'm buzzing on your hip is a single little bead of taste on my lips is sweet honey it's true found my truth I've fallen in love sweet pineapple dripping down your leg there's no one else I'd rather spend my time with instead of you. Found my truth, I've fallen in love. Excellent. That's even better than the last one. Cheers. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. It begs the question, Liam, I mean, seeing as your old man, see, but. Where did you get this musical talent from? Can you can you give him any of this credit for? Uh, um, I don't know if direct talent in that sense, but certainly like musical interest and passion. Like always had some music on in the house and um, in the car and things like that. And there's always been singers in um, like both sides of the family. So music's been something that's been part of like family life. I think for a long time we encouraged to play the piano and my mum played the piano and. Stuff, but yeah, I wouldn't say my dad's got the best singing voice. No, that's been kind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know how you know that because I don't remember ever singing. I only remember, remember once, like coming into the kitchen and hearing the lyrics to a song that I knew. Like, oh. <laughs> what was it? Which what song was? That? <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but you were singing. Yeah. That is the lyrics to that song. It's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> As far as I know, Brian, you never you never picked up you a budding guitarist or pianist or, no, or I, tambourine player or triangle player. Or... No, all of these things take the uh, considerable amount of time to be good at something, and um, I didn't have the. I, I mean, I love it. I love music, and I love the idea of music. I've always could, I've always thought about the idea of a guitar, but not had the the, the dedication to sit down and. And learn the basics, and then practice enough to be uh, to get you to get any kind of noise out of it. Uh, maybe there's still some time, yeah. But um, maybe during the we have a little break from from our activities, may consider it. Well, you, um, you have had like a year of lockdown. I mean, you've not been tempted to uh, pick up a guitar. No, or... because it's been more more time. Again, it's just this part of the thing about being disciplined, isn't it? I don't know. I get uh, distracted by several other things, you know, walking, television, um, listening to listening to music, so better reading and all that. So, no, I, th I think that what what one of the things that was beneficial from uh, from this side of the looking at what happened to Liam was that the, the because he was interested in it, he had a series of of uh, rock guitar lessons, which were different from I think they were different from. From other lessons he had, yeah, yeah. Uh, in his time there, you know, which, uh, but he's he's practiced all those things. I mean, I think that 
when he first started composing stuff, was it would be about I don't know, we thirteen or fourteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sitting at the pretty young, yeah. At the piano and just mm. just yeah. knocking out a tune on his own, which was always been pretty impressive to to have. And then um, I think he you probably got more a real um, desire for for public performance when you went to university, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like Dad said, I got I got sacked by my piano teacher because. Um, I would turn up every week and she'd be like, okay, here's this grade two piece or grade three it might have been. Um, let's let's work through it. And then she's like, have you practiced? And I was like, oh, sorry, no, but I can play this new Coldplay thing or whatever, or whatever was in the charts. And then like a week would go by, we'd get through it in that lesson, I could play it. She's like, just practice that and you'll be fine. Cut to the next week. She's like, how are you getting on with that piece of music? I'm like, oh yeah, I know. But like, have you heard this new Palantini song? And I just like play that. So she eventually just said like, this isn't like what dad said, this isn't, kind of lessons that you need you need more like rock stuff so i end up going to this guy called jerry malloy who's a brilliant guitarist and you just we used to plug my ipod into like an aux cable and play something and he'd be like mm-hmm, yeah yeah sounds pretty good just pause it write down how to play it all get to the solo figure out the solo <laughs> write down how to play that and then just give you the like tabs for that and i found that way more accessible i think for learning than the traditional like grades but then there isn't they look back on grades and you look at someone doing like an amazing solo or like a saxophonist doing an incredible solo. Like they are just grades and scales that they've learned over time. So I think to encourage kids to practice instrument, you should show them like, I don't know, Prince doing an amazing guitar solo. But like, all that is, is just skills. But it doesn't, doesn't ever, you never learn that so much in the same way. So you're saying your, your technique of, of learning piano or guitar was about as, about as good as your training regime brian was it sort of uh, don't do as you're told do as you you want to do uh, i think that's a bit unfair and lame really and it might, <laughs> i think <laughs> from, from, from anecdotal evidence uh that uh, Liam put in the hours and we, we, we know that to be very good at something uh, you need to put in ten thousand hours and, and uh, even though he wasn't doing what was suggested to, by the piano teacher he was spending a lot of time on the on the piano, mm. uh, but doing those sort of things that he was more interested in, which was stuff that he, could, he was hearing and stuff he was watching and, um, on satellite television at the time. And I think part of the, like you mentioned there, part of the there's work, part of the pleasure in things like that is working out how how you actually play it on a particular instrument. How do you do that without necessarily having to be uh, Wonderful that we formally be able to read formal music or sheet music, and um, so and then and then I I think the mind's was kind of similar, but I was making it look so easy when I was uh, running about. Well, certainly part of the training part of it, um, and uh, but when it came to the performance part of it, I gave everything that I had, and having seen Liam, he's, he's a similar thing, you know. Um, in fact, one of the one of the, I mean one of the things that's it's great um, when we were listening to the, the Liam's had a few um, uh, loops that have been have been on the Guardian um, Euros podcast. Is that they are talking about uh, the the comparison between uh, parents and their children when they've when they've got a discipline maybe a similar discipline and how it's. Uh, can be some parents unfair and unkind, maybe on both parties, but 
one of the best things for Liam having um, grown up with someone who played football was was one of his very early gigs in a, in a pub in Manchester, an open mic night where um, I've never seen him so one of the particularly animated and pleased because the guy who was running the night asked if I was his dad rather than the other way around, you know. Mm. So that he was like, they came in and went, did he just say that, that you're, that's the first one of many, you know, like this. <laughs> the rest of, yeah. you up to that moment in time, about 10 years ago that, uh, oh, you're you, you Ben McClare's son, now that uh, I'm Liam McClare's dad, and that's where it's going to be for <laughs> Yeah, not quite. The rest, of, the rest of his career, which is going to last an awful lot longer than mine because mm. um, small things, just little things that notice that become important, you know, that I, because I'd never had that. I'd never, never had the uh, yeah, the same sort of scenario. You did have it locally, you know, that was, you know, but, uh, but Liam has had it, you know, all that way through his life. And even it still happens to them all now, every now and again, somebody will. We'll yeah. see. And I think you did you did did you, did you consider for a, a, a short a very, very short window of having a a stage name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, change your first name, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Sean McClare. No, um <laughs> uh yeah, I think that was more to do with like, the kind of music I was making and it was sort of very different during like lockdown compared to what I'd made before. So I kind of thought about doing like a different stage name. But the funny thing about that story where the guy was like you Liam's dad is he's like a huge Celtic fan and was I'm, I'm sure it was like a what's it called where you hold hands with the players at the beginning of the oh, game oh yeah mascot yeah at like one of the games that you played at. so it wasn't like he was completely ignorant to sport I think that's what made it even sweeter as a <laughs> yeah he was a huge like football fan but yeah it's not been a it's not been a bane of your life, has it? Having a, having an old man who's who's reasonably no, well known. No, no. It's to be honest, like my generation, like that I grew up with, wouldn't you'd have to know a lot about football. I think I don't mean this in a mean way, but like some people just don't really know that, and that's not a lot of people I've come across know it. Like my friends used to try and wind me up at parties, like instantly being like, "Oh, straight away!" Like before you've even met at someone to just tell them this information, and most people would just be like, "Cool" or whatever, because. Maybe the nature of where we grew up, there's probably quite a lot of people whose parents had done like, notable things. So maybe I wasn't like as interesting to some people as I would be to others. But there's a guy at sixth form that like, thought I was lying and just couldn't believe that it was true and just kept trying to prove me wrong by being like, well, if if it is your dad, then what goal did he score in this thing? Like trying to quiz me. I was like, well, I don't know that, mate, but I promise you I'm not lying. Like, I, Because I had a bit of a reputation for being a wind-up, I guess, so. I think he thought I just might pretended just for my, my whole life that that's true, which would have been quite funny. But I think he was just completely gobsmacked by it. But no, it's so, not a problem really at all. Talking of, fo- talking of football, I mean, you you did have a reasonably promising career, didn't you, in your, in your younger days? I mean, was it a case of choosing football over music or was it always going to be music? Uh, not really. I don't think that I ever got, came down to like a kind of crunch crunch decision, really. I, I uh, Yeah, I played football as a kid and that was on the books at United for maybe like 18 months but predominantly was injured throughout most of that time because I got I ripped my thigh muscle just as I'd signed in like a, a game at the cliff and then was doing rehab for eight months and then sort of played for maybe two or three months and then I got, got flat feet so I had to have like a ankle scan and they found a bit of floating bone and a ripped 
um, ligaments. So I had to have keyhole surgery on that. So I was out again for another six months, maybe. So most of the time that I was a player, I was I was injured. So, but um, yeah, I think around that time I just realised it wasn't what I wanted to do and didn't feel that enamoured by the career and like seeing the sacrifice that everybody was making. It wasn't something that I was wanting to do at that time. And a lot of my friends had sort of planned to go on this sort of around the world gap year sort of trip thing that was all the rage at the time and yeah I just really wanted to do that so the music thing came a bit later on actually I wasn't doing so much music I played the guitar when I was playing football but it was never like the thought that I would have this as a job or anything like that it was just a bit of fun really. There's obviously no pressure from you Brian um, you know having a young son on the books at United you know he just felt it was a case of he can do what he wants to do and and you weren't you weren't putting yeah, the pressure something. on issue. No, I mean that was something that I had. Um, it was a great benefit to me that, that for example, my, my parents allowed me to choose if I wanted to leave primary school a year early when I was I was eleven or twelve, I think. Yeah, eleven or twelve, and uh, the same thing happened when it came down to decision at sixteen, uh, and uh, I understood that. Uh, Different, well, that you really that you're going to have to make their own decisions eventually, and the different parts of that occur at different times, you know, depending on what exactly the, the situation is. Um, yeah, Liam, I say, was unfortunate to have a, have a few injuries, but there was uh, several other people there that were involved in the, the coaching staff. Mark Dempsey, um, um, Paul McGuinness, who felt that uh, Liam had the attributes necessary to, to make a living in, as a professional football player. And at that particular time, you're not quite sure um, where he can aspire to. Um, was, but but that, it was always Liam's decision and he was he, he made the decision and he was brave enough to tell tell Paul McGuinness that that was his decision. Um, I think Paul tried to dissuade him, but he felt that it was the right thing for him. And... Um, uh, as I say, they, they then went on a, a, a wonderful adventure uh, for a year, mm. uh, which, from a little bit of hacking uh, that I know about, it's, uh, was brilliant you know, to, to go and do all that travelling and meet so many different people and go to so many different places. One of the, one of the most, one of the things for me that uh, was uh, was a, uh, an accolade for Liam, I think, a big thing, was that someone that I know uh, um, it's actually a relative of John Cahoon's that Liam went to visit in Los Angeles in California which is noted for its uh, laissez-faire attitude and the girl, one of the girls had said that Liam was, was the most laid-back individual that they had ever come across so I thought that was a wonderful way to be that you know, I thought that was you know, I didn't see it at all as a negative comment I thought well that's pretty impressive in California to be uh, recognised for for that that just and I think that's been probably one of the things that's that's worked very well for him because it's it's uh, yeah concerned about things but uh, having the confidence to see that uh, there are other more important or looking at it the right way around I suppose you know looking through the always been able to look through the the looking glass the right way around and see positive against the negative. Is that something you can credit your dad with the uh, the laissez-faire attitude, Liam? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't think um, I can remember him getting that angry at me for 
unjustifiable reasons. I was I had there was obviously stuff as a kid where I was a bit awkward and stuff, but yeah, ne- never been like never seen anything as like a massive issue. I suppose it's been quite a privileged thing to have and just to have like a sort of everything will be all right kind of attitude. I think it's quite nice. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty true. I wasn't best pleased when they broke the chest, man. Yeah, I practicing his overhead kicks. Mm. Go on. Well, I wasn't there. It was Leeds, still there. Yeah, <laughs> like the the lounge in our house when we were growing up was like this sort of do not go. Because yeah, everybody had a lounge, didn't they? You know, child-free zone. <laughs> in our, and I think it was decorated purposefully to be childproof because everything was white and glass and ornate and just like you if you even went in there it'd be obvious because either something would be broken or there'd be like fingerprints so I had a little football that I used to kick around and then sometimes I'd like pretend I was like doing like a bicycle kick and land on the sofa it's like doing my technique and then one of them just like hit into this I think dad had one it's like a Sherlock Holmes ornate um chess set and I basically got a strike through them all and a few of the pawns lost their heads I think if you're the bishops, maybe he was, yeah, it was pretty bad. And I'm sure you were very understanding about that, Brian. Right? You, you wouldn't have uh, chastised Liam uh, too much. Yeah, no, he got, oh, no, I was aged. <laughs> Did he get a hairdryer? <laughs> he got a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> I, might been, I might have been uh, held back to say that there was there might have been uh, a little bit of um, protection from his from his mother, you know. So there was, uh, but no, no, I was just just, but uh, the, I. It, I've I've got a lovely little note of the, the a little handwritten note still that from apologising to saying sorry that he'd broken the the uh, the chest pieces you know so yeah um, but they're looking out of some nice out of that thing about where I wasn't pleased about it because you know so you always be sad like anything you know if you tell children not to do things they'll they'll like to go well why why can I not do that you know it wasn't as if the door was padlocked or anything like that you know but it was. And uh, maybe it was a, a thing that, that you shouldn't really have put a your chest set on the middle of the table. That's always going to be a potential problem for uh, for any of the kids, you know. To be not that not that the girls were practicing their bicycle kicks. I don't remember them doing that. But uh, no. I've never uh, I've never got around to replacing it right enough. That's something I've got. I've got the board. I've got two pieces that survived, you know. So we glued them back together. I mean, they did. But uh, yeah, there was there's every now and again anything you would get annoyed with your, with your children and, and things that they did. But overall, no. I say you never venture back into that. that oh, no, again, no, no, I, of course you would be back in it. Like, no danger, you'd be back. <laughs> Probably do it again the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but for someone that was famed for their overhead kicks, Brian, I think you had to take the blame for this. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, no, well, your, your influence yeah. once again. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, and they said, yeah, possibly that, yeah, that because uh, I don't see that when they went in, you have to ask them so, but I don't know how many games when when Liam was going to the games and the girls were going to the games, we uh, I had we did done some of a few little re- renovations at the uh, at the stadium, so we managed to get a little very, very small crash in the uh, the players' lounge, so a lot of the kids um didn't didn't go up to watch the game mm. um, or 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know as I said how many times Lee meant or not, but you know, it was, again, the girls that looked after him and they were wonderful, you know. So a lot of the time they didn't want to have any to do going watching the games. They'd rather play um, fun with the, the two women that were looking after them. Yeah. Is that something you regret now, Liam? Is it not going to see your old man in his prime, or is it was it just not something you I suppose you just weren't interested at the time, no? Yeah, I mean, me and my sisters always laugh that we just used to raid the buffet. Like whatever it's called, like some amazing food there. And like the players would try and get, like by the time the kit players actually got out from the game, there'd just be like nothing left. Um, but the, no, I don't, I don't know if I, I was so small then. I do have memories of watching and remember watching a few games. Um, I must have had loads more than that, but that's what springs to mind. But the two, the women from the, um, from the crash or who worked behind the bar at the players' lounge saved my um skin when i went to watch the champions league final in moscow because because it went into um penalties and like extra time the, the travel um plans just weren't like there for that like um eventuality so it became the point where every gate i don't know if you guys went or not i don't know if i'm telling you this, if you already know but every gate just had like a mix of fans staff players just anybody trying to get back to manchester for every single gate in this little place uh in in the moscow airport and then i was queuing up with them and they were like oh how's it going oh my god i'm not seeing phrases and then it just stopped at me the guy was like no more on this plane at me and they were like oh no that's our grandson that's our grandson and like like managed to get me back on the plane so i'm forever indebted to those women for that getting me home safely because i think everyone was panicking they want to get back in time so i've had did i have school i had something it was like it wasn't expected that it would go on so late so yeah if they're listening thank you so much judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so we're going to have another song now, are we? Um, yeah, you tell, us a, tell us a bit about what you're going to do and uh, where this comes from. Uh, I, spoke, I, I, met, I met my girlfriend in January, so all my songwriting is inspired by her, to be honest. <laughs> and this is called I Need You So Bad. Girl, you know I want you Yes, I want you so bad Girl, you know I need you I need you Yes, I need you so bad Late night in my mind All I think about is you my mind racing, thinking of what I would do. 
I wanna see you next to me tonight. I wanna see my hand on the tattoo on your side. I wanna see myself in your eyes. Cause girl, you know I want you. Yes, I want you so fast. Girl, you know I need you, I need you, yes, I need you so bad. When we meet, it feels so unique, I'll be waiting by the door. Take my hand to the wonderland, and I can't wait to explore. I want to see you next to me tonight. I wanna see my hand on the tattoo on your side. I wanna see myself in your eyes. Cause girl, you know I want you. Yes, I want you so fast. Girl, you know I need you, I need you, yes, I need you so bad. And the warm shivers down my back, yeah. Softness on my neck, yeah. And holding me. Girl, you know I want you Yes, I want you so bad Girl, you know I need you I need you Yes, I need you so bad Yes, I need you so bad Cheers, cheers, cheers. Lovely stuff. Great stuff. stuff. Um, I can imagine um, your girlfriend loves all these uh, songs that you're penning for her. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I guess we'll find out after this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, she definitely does. It's great. Nice. Not really. only is she inspiring you in, um, in your uh, songwriting, but she's also inspired you to participate in some activities, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. Well, she's got me into playing tag rugby and... Um, it's really good fun, but also I managed to either bruise or break a rib playing, so I'm in quite a lot of pain at the moment. I don't know if I can come across in this, but somehow the non-contact sport doesn't that go playing. against the doesn't that go against the nature of the sport? I mean, tag rugby is I thought it was a non-contact yeah. sport. You, oh yeah, it is, it is. I just felt I just slipped. It was no, no one was near me. Just completely <laughs> um, decked it. From a creative um, perspective, surely pain is part a, a great part of the songwriting process, yeah, this is emotional it. or physical. This is true, yeah. My next song will be like chest pain blues or something, the rib that never healed. But, yeah, yeah. There's a new, there's a new in there somewhere, mm. for sure. Well, ribs problem. 
Well, obviously, we can tell you, you know, you're, you're writing your own stuff and, you know, you've got loads of talent with with what you're playing here. And also the stuff that we see on um, your Twitter account and YouTube with your loop machine, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, which is brilliant. Really, really interested and intriguing stuff that. Um, but one of your other talents is that you're you, you write bespoke songs for people, don't you, for for special occasions like weddings and birthdays or whatever. Um, how does that process yeah, go? Yeah. Do they do they give you like a certain input or? you know, maybe little in jokes that they're, that they want you, you know, to write for that person, for a certain person about them. And tell us, tell us, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. You spot on. So normally people just send me all the stuff they like. So the more personal, the better in terms of like personal preference, so like favorite TV shows, favorite clothes, favorite drinks, where they like to go out, where they like to hang out. If they've got any pets, if they've got like funny stories, like you say, so they'll just send me like a big email or message and then, Sometimes I'll say they're into 80s stuff, they're into Duran Duran, they're into whatever, all like these bands, can you make it a bit like that? Or sometimes they just say, go for it. So it all came about because um, me and all my friends from school like, turned 30 this year, so I wrote songs for their 30th birthdays and then people heard them and were like, these are cool, I'd like to commission one and it went from there. So um, the whole writing process, I find kind of difficult to... Um, explained because it just feels like something quite natural in a way but I suppose I'll try and get like a chorus down which is kind of like a catchy thing to do with that person and then the verses will kind of fill in all the gaps and just try and tick off all the things they've sent and certain things go together and certain things rhyme so then they'll work and stuff but I always have to make sure I send them back to be like does this reference work or am I just like making something up because one time this woman uh, she'd commissioned a song for someone and I'd written an email like oh you know just let me know what they're into like maybe Costa Coffee or like Marks and Spencers as an example but I hadn't like deleted that when she sent it back so I like sung this whole verse about how this person like loves Costa Coffee like loves Marks and Spencers she's like I don't know where you've got all this information from like she doesn't like either of those things so you have to make sure you send them back first before you just start like claiming that people are big into brands that they don't like so that's yeah, I, was gonna, I was going to ask if there's a, if it's a sort of a two-way street because it's a bit of a risk isn't it you know, you're getting this information about people you've never met before and you're you're putting into song and, and you're just sort of hoping for the best but obviously there is a bit of a there's a bit of a to and fro before it. yeah I'll always try and send it to them first to be like just make sure this all makes sense and like the references I've made are relevant and not like wrong and stuff because sometimes you do get the wrong wrong thing or sometimes they'll record themselves doing like a little like happy birthday or whatever and then they can say something so it can like mean different things and different people like if it's a personal story so yeah it's been really fun i've done like anniversary songs done uh people leaving work songs done baby shower songs birthdays like from sevenths up to like 70th it's been really fun not, not to mention the theme tune for um Life oh, yeah. Brian, of course. Well, this is really cool as well i've never done like this before so thanks for, for having me to do this guys it's been has been really fun as well no, no, our pleasure. Have you have you ever written any other songs for your dad? Um, I don't know if I have. Have I? Don't there may so. be uh, there may be uh, uh, references to certain emotions. I think, but not. I don't. There isn't anything directly about me. No. I saw. I don't know if you saw. Did you see Paul Weller at the barbican that was on the other night, Liam? No. Did anybody see that? Well, well, somebody. Um, I, I, I um, a composer approached Paul Weller to see if he could uh, be interested in participating in an idea he had, which was to take his Paul Weller songs and uh, strip them down 
and then uh, rearranged them for orchestra with Paul Weller also playing nice. and singing. And uh, he was asked about songwriting and uh, whether he wrote. So this is a question: is that uh, he, he was asked, did he write for himself? And he said, well, at the beginning of the process, I write for myself. That's how this, the song starts. But I might broaden it out to be able to saw something else. Is mm. that how you would look at it, Liam? Or, or you have a different view on, on what you're... Yeah, that's interesting. I think, I think you have to like what you're doing initially to then spend the time carrying on that. So and all songs that I've written will have like a kernel of something that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, it's interesting thinking about how it's going to be received because I know that at some points I've written songs to think that this must be liked by people. So then you get into this idea of like, has to have a catchy melody or some sort of repeatable hook because I think pop music has become more along those lines now about making it really catchy and having like that, I think from ABBA onwards, like loads of different melodies throughout that can catch you at different times, whether you know it or not, you're going to hum a bit of that song, like the old grey whistle test kind of thing. So, yeah, I think I definitely start off liking some elements of what I'm making and then I guess you can't help but think about how it would be perceived if you're going to release it or if you're going to, like, say, if it's someone's birthday, you're going to send it to them, you want it to be good in some way. But again, it's, that's my idea of good again, isn't it? So maybe it's all just about <laughs> if I like it or not. I don't know. I do find There it must hard. be different pressures. I mean, if you, if you write a song yourself about your girlfriend or life or whatever you know you're writing that for yourself whereas if you're writing a song for someone else that's been requested there's got to be a slightly different uh, amount of pressure i suppose hasn't there because it's not it's not about you necessarily it's about them i actually find it a lot easier when someone just says like here's everything you need to know about this person then your boundaries are quite set then it's just like here's all the information it's got to be three minutes long there's something about that that i find quite relaxing because I don't have to be like oh what's an interesting way to word this really it's like I've just got to try. it's like a little challenge almost I've got to fit in the fact that they support Everton and they like Biryani or something like that's kind of interesting you can kind of like then mess around with stuff and look up players or look up stuff and like I don't know that's that's more of an interesting way of doing it whereas like just starting from this song could be anything I find that that kind of potential for it is a bit overwhelming at times so the the requests for songs are, are great because People just say, like, here's all the information, write a song about it. Can I Can I just ask? I support Everton. I like curry, and it's my birthday in about six weeks' time. Ah. Has, my, has, has my wife been in touch? Well, Mark, we just have to see, won't we? Can't give so much away, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've, um, we've, we've spoken, Matthew, uh, Chucky and I, about our musical... Inf- well, Brian's spoken more, more so about his musical influences, but... Um, Firstly, who were yours? And we've also come to the point where we do our, what was our first gig and our first um, record that we bought. So what, firstly, what's your influences? And then, you know, embarrass yourself and tell us that you also went to see, I don't know, Busted or someone as your first gig. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so influences would be very broad, like always on in the house. I remember would be like lots of Radiohead. Then there was Led Zeppelin CDs, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah, just all those guys. And then I think when I 
started playing the guitar. It was around the time of like James Morrison, Paolo Nettini, all those kind of singer songwritery kind of men that were doing it. And I remember thinking, oh, I'd like to try that. And there's a guy called Dan Kroll who's went to Lipper in Liverpool and he's like living in America now, but he's a musician and he played in Manchester at the Deaf Institute. And I remember watching him and being like, I reckon I could do this kind of thing, like this kind of gig. So I think he's a big influence. And he actually came to one of my gigs in Liverpool and like bought a CD, which kind of was pretty mind blowing and was like a really cool, nice guy. So that was really nice. And then I'm just thinking, the thing about the CDs thing, and I think dad will attest to this, which is showing my privilege here again. He used to just be like, I'm going to HMV. Like, do you want a single? I remember we got like, I'm blue by like Eiffel 65. Like, did I buy that? <laughs> and then she, my older sister got, um, will smith's willennium album for christmas and i just sort of decided that it was mine i don't know if she really listened to it much i remember listening to that loads and really enjoying that i don't know if that's embarrassing or not um in the first gig i think we went to like a jules holland thing possibly as a family but consciously wanting to go to was the red hot chili peppers i think at the men but maybe i've forgotten a more embarrassing one out of like I don't know, my brain's shut it down as a memory. I think that was the first. Yeah, nothing wrong with being selective. I mean, I wish, no, no. in hindsight, yeah. I wish we'd been more selective when we were playing this game <laughs> yeah. a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure you, Mark you, agrees as well. I, well, you know, I'm, I'm weirdly proud of being probably the only male in the audience at a wet, wet, wet gig in 1987 or whatever it was. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Wet, 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 man. That's cool. At the time, you wanted to go. So, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any shame in it. Like, like Liam says at the time, if you want to do these things, I mean, you can't look back, you know, and be revisionist and, and with hindsight. I mean, that's, no. that's what you wanted to do, assuming you wanted to go for those reasons, Mark, unless you were going just because you wanted to impress a girl or, you know. Well, um, whatever my intention was, I don't think it actually turned out particularly successfully. So, um, yeah, but it's uh, at least it's given you two you know, a good laugh over the last few weeks anyway. <laughs> I have to get um, Marty Pello on the pod no surely that's the next step of this story i'm sure we can pull a few strings yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll tell him that mark that used to run his fan club is now um hosting the yeah. podcast i'm sure he'll, uh, i'm sure he'll repay the favor Mark remember marty and the that gig where there was a, you might remember you from that one gig being the young man there yeah the, the, the front row screaming. the thing was he was dressed as a woman though oh, right. <laughs> he's dressed as a teenage girl <laughs> Johnny Mitchell, uh, Radcliffe and McConey at the weekend had uh, blue as their uh, theme for their programme. I think it's 50 years. Mm -hmm. So there's a tip for if you want to download something on uh, BBC Sounds. I think it was uh, yesterday or or Saturday. This is Johnny Mitchell, if anyone doesn't know what we're referring to. But yeah. I I thought you were talking about Eiffel 65 again. uh, A lot of blue references for a Celtic and Man United family. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The the album that cannot be named. That's what it's called. The Johnny Mitchell album. <laughs> yeah. Oh great, I've listened to that. That sounds cool. On that note, should we um have a third and final song from you, Liam? Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, tell us tell us a little bit about this one and uh what it's called. I've been like um and ahhing about what to play really. But um, I'm going to do like a song which I wrote during lockdown, which is sort of a bit of a silly song about being hungry. Um, I bought loads of that recording stuff. That's kind of what led to the loop stuff. Um, Yeah, and this is just called Hunger. Hunger. 
and just came out of thinking about being hungry. So if anyone's hungry, I'm sorry if it's going to exacerbate your feeling. I've got the hunger. I've got the hunger. Can you see how I need some food to satisfy me now? I've got the hunger I want a little tasty bite So I had myself some crisps Barely even touched the side So I had some more crisps And another bag I've just had Two big bags all to myself Fancy something more, but I don't know what else. I've got the hunger. I've got the hunger. Do you see how I need some food to satisfy me now? I've got the hunger. I know how to beat this I'm gonna order me some food But there's such a long list I don't know what to choose I just scroll down my phone For the 15th time And read reviews from customers That had a bad time and Do I want some ribs? Do I want some chips? Do I want to get a pizza, a margarita pizza, maybe garlic bread, or Indian instead? The local Chinese delivers, they do a two-for-one offer. Do I want some chips, tasty chips? Do I want some ribs, sticky ribs? Do I want to get a pizza, maybe margarita pizza, maybe garlic bread with some cheese or Indian instead with rice, please. The local Chinese delivers, they do a two-for-one offer. A chicken chow mein in a spring roll, a hot and sour soup, a banquet for one, is that enough or is that too much food? I don't want to look like I am fat cause I've been stung in the past. So order me a family value meal, I'll save the rest for breakfast. I've got the hunger, I'm feeling the hunger, the hunger. I'm feeling the hunger, the hunger. I'm feeling the hunger, the hunger. I've got the hunger. You're like that, Matthew. You're yeah. really considering your options, aren't you? I am. I'm, I could go through the card there. I could eat everything you just mentioned. I'm just thinking that if Deliveroo ever need a new uh, yeah. theme, theme tune, then uh, you know. Yeah, let me know. Hit yeah, me up, Deliveroo, <laughs> or Just Eat, or Uber Eats, or all the takeaway just yeah do you um do you share your old man's love of cooking yeah 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 definitely um uh yeah i love cooking i'm a bit of a uh, as david O'Doherty coined it on a podcast an intuitive chef in the sense that i don't really follow any recipes and just kind of I think watching so much ready steady cook as a kid informed a lot of my just throw some of this in add a yeah. bit of that kind of thing see what see what comes out yeah yeah pretty much 
So you uh you didn't he didn't give you any cooking lessons when you were younger then? Uh I don't know. I remember we did I remember you making that carbonara thing. That was delicious. Carbonara's a good one. He's he's a good cook, very good chef. Um but I don't remember having like a distinct like his how to cook kind of day. Just let the creative juices flow. That's it. That, like just like writing a song. Just yeah. Same. Here's same an option. Print. Go for it. Whatever yeah. you want to do. Same yeah. principle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. mentioned the um the looping stuff there just before that last song. I mean that's something that people that follow you on Twitter and social media and what have you will see you've been doing a lot of. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about that and how it how it came about. Yeah. Cool. So um, it's a loop. I don't know if you can hear this actually. You might be able to hear this. Can you hear that? So, Rachel. this is just yeah, it's basically loop pedal so I can play into it um, sounds that come through like the recording software I've got which is essentially anything so it's MIDI so you've got like trombones, trumpets, choirs pianos, loads of different type of synths basses, drums um, and you can just make it loop round and round and the loop pedal layers on top of each other all the time so you can just keep layering, layering. Um, and I realised I could record from my computer which means I can just basically have youtube any clip possible you can just put into the loop pedal which is really fun because it was around the time of the hanforth parish council meeting when that was all going off um i did a live loop because i was streaming um myself on youtube making these songs and i realized i could put some of these what they were saying like the jackie weaver stuff into the looper and make like a song about it so that was really fun um so i did that one and then i did one about i don't know if you've seen the guy who's like a cat and he's supposed to be in like a very serious like law meeting on zoom but he's like his, I think his daughter or his, his, his nephew or granddaughter has made his filter into a cat so he's like there with the judge and the lawyer and he's like I'm here but I'm as a cat or something like this is really funny so I used, used that as well and then just been doing it to try and kind of just mess around with like I guess stuff that I like so I like the Football Weekly podcast with the Guardian so I did a few of them and then they like liked it and played it on the podcast which is kind of wild and a comment that I liked that I thought was quite a good quote, which would be good for a, if I ever did a tour, was a guy said, I've got a lot of time for such an aggressive misuse of talent. When he's referring to one of my loops. So that's my new tagline, I think, for, for all these things. So, yeah, it's we heard your mention. We heard your mention on the Guardian podcast, and they were, I think they were angling to get you to do some kind of loop using their using your dad in some way or another. I mean, there must, yeah. there's, got be a, there's got to be a possibility there, hasn't there? Well, we had thoughts about that because I could potentially, not to give everything away, I suppose, I could make a loop and then my dad could just sit where I normally sit and just press all the buttons as if he's done it, which would, I think would be quite funny. So, yeah, well, that's definitely, that. as, soon as, um, as soon as he's not banned from travelling to the northwest from Scotland, then uh, I think that's going to have to be on the, on the yeah, cards. Yeah, that's fun. That's you, got it, uh, you got for it, Brian? Um, it also allows me to... Uh, you know, give me add to my repertoire. You know, delivering newspapers, loops, yeah. all the experiences that uh, having children uh, gets you in life. You know, I've never had a paper around in my own, but through Liam, I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, have that wonderful experience of not only just delivering the papers because that was the easy part. The difficult part was putting all these free leaflets in it. You know, you yeah. have like twelve of up to 12 sometimes maybe 13 leaflets you had to put in every single newspaper and uh, mm -hmm. then and then take them out for delivery you know so so you was, used so to do you used to do liam's paper did it once. Yeah. Did it once, yeah. yeah not all the time i'd like not to say once, although yeah. i can't really <laughs> he's taking credit for it no, i did it once so. 
Yeah, I think it's because yeah, someone emailed in saying like Liam was away one week and I just opened the door to see like Brian delivered my like Manchester Evening News and pro- like probably on time. Me and my friend probably used to do it and we used to procrastinate so much that this like breaking news story on Thursday would get to these people by Saturday morning. So I don't think we were the best paper boys by any stretch of imagination. But you and Pat could be we- together. If you did a loop, yeah, get, get yeah. Pat on the deck so you can go and loop pedal, yeah. be like a little Scotland throwback DJ. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely momentum building behind this now. Yeah, this Brian, is to a band super group. Yeah, don't think you can get out of this one. What go of what? Oh, agreeing to I do this loop. Funny. I mean, the two, the two little bits that because because Liam was was like, he's looping at a couple of mentions so. I got the thought, and I thought it was hilarious. You know, when you listen to guys on the podcast talking about the near the near take of things, uh, particularly, I thought so. They, they would they'd be very keen on not just uh, you got the, the little trigger about uh, me doing a loop, and then they went on to talk about other Man United players or any footballers from the eighties, and they were talking and mentioned about Clayton Blackmore doing reggae, which I just I was laughing. I was probably <laughs> guffawing when they were there. When they were, yeah, <laughs> when they got this, I thought, well, yeah, I think that you know, if it's a, if it's a possibility to do, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 do it, you know, because it's uh, um, it's 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 humorous, isn't it, and enjoyable, I suppose, you know. So, yeah, were any of your old teammates ever? Did you do you know if any of them were in, you know, played instruments or or sang or anything? You know, Remy Moses being great on xylophone, or um, yeah. you know, Norman Whiteside being the drummer, anything like that. Well, Gary Neville played with, I you know, Gary Neville used to, he, he bought a, a very, a portable guitar uh, that he used to bring along. I don't know if that was because David Beckham was boring, because that's who he roomed with, uh, but he brought his guitar along uh, to the to away uh, trips and various different things, and I'm sure he's appeared on, was on stage with Oasis or Stone Roses, maybe. Yeah. So Gary, wow. I think he has, yeah. Wow, uh, man. That's great. Yeah, I think he's done something like that. Um, and nobody else. I mean, no, there was no one that I know that could do anything. What about the music fans in that in that United team? I mean, you are obviously well known for your, your love of music, but I mean, did you were you able to sort of share your passion with anyone yeah. else? Or well, did you it, get it, books? I mean, if you, if we used to um, where we lived, there was uh, me, Gary Parson, Jim Layton with with Karsha, and uh, it was whoever was in the car. With, with, with music, that was their music you had to listen to, you know, so they hated being in mine, you know, so that was but one of the, the, the uh, every now and again you would you'd get a little victory, you know, where, where Pally would go, what's that there, I really like that and it was uh, Transmission by Joy Division you know, he'd no, just no idea they didn't know anything about Joy Division or New Order, but for some reason they liked, they liked that song I had to um, um, in Jim's car. It would be more like um, simply red, and Pally because he was always idle, wouldn't change his uh, CD. And it was, uh, uh, I think, it was Sting's first uh, solo album that was just played. I actually thought about ejecting it and throwing it out the window, but uh, he just had to, to put up with that. So. I had a 
and then again, because I was on vault and just in technology, that there was ten stack CD in, <laughs> in my car. There was just one one CD that they would display over and over and over. It, just, it, it, it demented me on just that trip to uh, to trade, but that's all he he listened to for weeks and weeks on end. So, so, so there was no one in that dressing room that you could really share any kind of music. No, 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 no. They were all all very similar sort of thing. Well, that was. I mean. The, the, the best, I suppose, would be uh, NC and Danny Wallace, like I mean, like uh, uh, PM Don and, and lots of stuff like that. They, they, were, they, sort of, they had a better taste in music than than uh, the, the, the rest of the lads. I assume that United dressing room was never one for pumping out tunes in the. Dressing no, we hated room that. No, I never hated that. It just amused us. I mean, it was like it was all started. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't started by, but it was certainly adopted by that Wimbledon mob. who used to play music really, really loud, as if it was some kind of a distraction, a disturbance. It was just like a racket, and it, we, it made no difference to. It may have made some difference to some of the, the the teams that they were playing, but it made no difference to us. We used to think it was funny, you know. You know, mm-hmm. but that's what that's what they did, you know. So. Um, we had, we would never have. It was not. We weren't allowed to have anything like that. Fergie just saw him like that as a distraction, you know. I, I, I'd always had portable devices to listen to things on, but there's no way that I could have wandered from the bus uh, with headphones on into the dressing room. He would have. He'd have just ripped them off you. He <laughs> might not even have played. You might have been playing when you got off. You thought you were going to, by the time you got to the dressing room, you wouldn't have been playing, you know? So, yeah. no, it was, very, it was not, nothing like that. That's something you see now, isn't it? You 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 know, you watch players coming off the coach, going into the dressing room, whatever, and they've all got headphones on. I just think back to the managers of the past, Puggy included, uh, probably all of them, and I just don't see any of them would have would have been a fan of that at all. I, did, I mean, maybe I you see people using it to focus on more the task in hand. I mean, they may, they may well be listening to... Uh, recordings of Alex Ferguson's team talks. Uh, no, they couldn't have been because they were still awake, but they may well have been listening to some things that were inspirational. A lot of the time, I think they're just listening to music, you know, whatever. maybe it helps them relax, maybe it distracts them from that moment. Uh, I've never liked it. Uh, I would never let any of the teams that I was involved in. I, I, I think that uh, it it can, in a way, it can be, um, it can be a distraction for the team, but also can kind of highlight differentiations. You know, they might have, oh, that way come he's going, how can he afford four hundred pound headphones and I can only afford thirty pound headphones? You know, so I, I would never be keen on that. You know, look, you can do it, listen to all means when the game's finished and all that, but you got to learn that you may well come across different kinds of managers in the game, and my mind is part of their education is to be able to. Uh, Adapt. I think it's easier to to put things on and start doing that than it is to to sit there uh, in a moment in time and go right ten minutes before the bus stops. Everybody switch it off. You're now going to work. Uh, concentrate on, the, on what your what your job is and what your role is going to be over the next period of time. Um, so I, I'd have also a distraction. And uh, and as I said, no, that that would have been. There's no way that that, that Jock Wallace or, or Alex. Ferguson would have, or Jock Steens would have let you, let you do that. Yeah, Maybe Ted, right. as you travel through and different things later on, and and say, but not certainly not in my time, you know. So. I was going to say before we finish, Liam, we had uh, we had Manny on the other week from the Stone Roses, and he told a story about how 
he somehow managed to take all of your audience from an open mic night out for a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your performances that that night. I just wondered if you wanted to set the record straight, or maybe give your your side of the story and uh, just 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 convince Manny that it, ha- it hasn't affected you long term. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's great. It's, I thought it's funny from as soon as it started. Really, I, I went through a phase of just doing every open mic night I could possibly do. Really, so I did. There's a thing on like a website. It's called Open Mic Finder UK, and it has every open mic in every city. So I just, I was determined to do them all. So on there was a blue cat, um, not far from where Manny used to stay or stays. I'm not sure, but I went on a Tuesday. I think it was a really sunny, summery day. Like there's not the kind of day you want to be in the pub, really. So I just set up. Got there about six. The guy was like, "Well, let's see if some more people come." I think the guy was called Danny that owned it, and it was his daughter behind the bar. That got to seven, no one came, got to eight. And he's like, well, you can jump up if you want to. And I was just like keen for the practice, really, because I was so new to it all. So they were like sort of politely clapping in the right places when the song's finished and being nice enough. And then, yeah, Manny, Manny came in and you could see the two of them were just like, oh, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and I, to be fair, so was I. I was like, this is wicked. Like, Of all the people to come in, it's nice to have a small audience of someone that's like, like a sort of legend of the Manchester music scene. So that was pretty cool. But then, yeah, when they were like, oh, let's go for a smoke and they just went outside, I just, I just thought it was quite funny because I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't that massively thinking this is going to be the gig that makes or breaks my whole life. It was just like quite a funny story to think about. But I'd seen him, I think, before that. I think might have been Dad's leaving do when he left United. He was there and he kind of spoke about it then. But yeah, he's not scarred me at all. It's, it's, it's all formative and it's a, I just think it's a funny story. Yeah. All part of the learning process, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Great. Well, I think we'll draw to a close there. Liam, uh, thanks very much for joining us and for those brilliant performances. Um, it shows us up for the talentless blaggers that we are. Um, plug away, please. Tell everyone how they can find you and your music and how they can get in contact as well if they want to get something you know specially written for them for their birthdays and weddings and so on from you. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for having me and my pleasure for performing. It's been really nice. Um, I think the best place for everything is just my website, which is uh, liammcclair.com. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. If you follow this on Twitter, you should find me on there. Instagram, Facebook. But yeah, my website's the best place because that's got all the information about looping and um, my songs that I've written and then personalized songwriting as well. If you fancy sending someone a song as a present. Um, if your wife's lives in marks, you can better squeeze a request in. I've already got the middle middle eight sorted with the Everton and Biryani, so we're halfway there. Fantastic. <laughs> but no, thank Great. you. It's been really nice. Cheers. Great. Everybody, make sure you go over there and uh, check out Liam's stuff. Uh, Matthew, thank you. Oh, always a pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Liam. And uh, Chucky, thanks very much, of course, uh, for joining us and for being the second most talented McClare on the show today. <laughs> uh, on the show, yeah, but I'm, I'm way down the list when it comes to the talented players. Yeah, I'd say Liam's at the very top of that. Yeah, but I've always been told uh, of all the other people in my family who are better than me, so I'm glad that Liam's uh, at the top of that list. Wow, thanks. What a revelation! <laughs> Breaking news in the McClare house, there. yeah, amazing. That's great. Thanks to everybody. Uh, out there for listening Uh, we really do mean that Um, we think this has all gone better than we could have imagined when we first started this podcast and that's all down to you for tuning in Uh, I know Matthew and Brian would echo those words too Uh, 
Um, just like the footballers, we too are going to take a summer break now and put our trotters up for a few weeks. But fear not, we'll be back with more McClare and more special guests when the new season gets underway. So it won't be too long to wait. If you've missed any episodes, you'll continue to find us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, the link is in our Twitter bio, which you can find us on at Brian McClare Pod. Uh, and we're also now on YouTube, uh, where we're sharing these episodes and various video clips. So look out for Life with Brian, the Brian McClare podcast there. Uh, and please don't forget to subscribe wherever you find us. Right, that's it then. Uh, enjoy your summer. Have fun. Be good. Uh, and of course, stay safe. Uh, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Life with Brian. Life with Brian. Talking films or music. Life with Brian. Talking TV and food. Life with Brian. Talking trivia and exercise. Life with Brian. It's different every episode. Life with Brian. Talking politics and football. Life with Brian. It's different every episode. Life with Life with Brian. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.